And in Jeremiah chapter 29, remember now you have the, this is during the time of the Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus is the last king, and he is two or three years into his reign. He reigns 11 years, and there's about seven years left before Nebuchadnezzar levels the city. So, that's the context of 27, 28, 29. And so here's the end in 597, just before that. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has taken a whole crew of people again. Actually, uh, we're told in uh, Jeremiah chapter 52 uh, that it was 3,223. So you don't have to guess how many. 2,000, uh, 3,000. 223 people, Jews. The rest were not Jews, but that's how they took how many. So they tell you each time. This is that time. Now, so having said that, here's this group of Jews that have gone, Nebuchadnezzar has taken them back and, and included the king, included a king that was there, included Ezekiel, and that's why and Ezekiel, and that included very dignitaries. They took the people that could be of most use uh, in Babylon, people that were carpenters and craftsmen, and that. And they took them, and they took them to Babylon. Now, in doing so, remember we shared together that the uh, prophets and priests have gone and said that uh, the now, and you can write there, you might as well look at it, just to look at it, I guess. Chapter 27, and in verse 816, the little words right in the middle, Now behold, the vessels of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon, and they prophesy a lie unto you. So that's, they were saying, to encourage the people, that shortly, the, everything that Nebuchadnezzar has taken, uh, he's going to have to return it. And remember now, the five kings are there because they want to have a revolt, a revolt against and get Zedekiah to go with him against Babylon. So all of them are encouraged because the prophets are telling everybody that the, everything's going to be all right and everything's going to come back to normal uh, shortly. And then you have chapter 28 we shared together. And in chapter 28, Hananiah, a false, another prophet, a step forward uh, in the temple and took the yoke off of, off of uh, Jeremiah's shoulders and, uh, and uh, broke it to the ground. And all the people cheered because he was saying... And he did say over in chapter 28 and in verse 3, Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. So he's just backing up soon and shortly, and then he even gives a time to it in two years. Uh, it's all going to happen. And Jeremiah, you'll remember when we did that, Jeremiah is going to go and have to help him understand 
that all of that is wrong and the people cheering for him. But then Jeremiah lets him know that he has but two months to live and God will take him. And he died. Two months later, God said, you know, God let him hang around long enough so that you could be cheering him wherever he went because he told you the, the news you wanted to hear. But then, very shortly, there he is no more. And God took him. Now, so when you come to chapter 29, here's the group going back, going back to Babylon. You already had a group from 605 B.C., and they're all going back there. Now, and Zedekiah is sending a, a mail, mailing with different letters going to those people that were taken captive. And Jeremiah takes and he writes a letter. And this is the first letter in the Bible. There's others, but this is the first letter that you have. It's a letter. And he takes it, and we have the letter. So therefore, in chapter 29, we're looking at a letter sent to the people of Babylon, uh, to the Jews in Babylon, uh, priests, prophet, people, all of them, whoever wanted to read it. Uh, he sent the letter. It was an all-round, anyone could read the letter. And we're told in, in uh, verse 1, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue, the remnant, those that remained, the rest that were there, of the elders, which the elders, which were carried away captives, and to the priests and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. And now, verse 2, And the Jeconiah, the king, he was the king, he lasted three months, and then Zedekiah took over, and the queen, his wife and mother, and the eunuchs, and the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, and the carpenters and the smiths, were departed from Jerusalem. So all of those, here's this 3,023 of them, of Jews going. And so now, and verse 3, and by the hand of Elisa, the son of Shaphan, and Gedariah, Gedariah, the son of Hilkiah, and Zedekiah, the king, Zedekiah, the king of Judah, uh, sent unto Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying. So here's the mailing, and Jeremiah's letter is there. Now what was Jeremiah's letter? Verse 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the king of God of Israel, unto all that were carried, that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Now, keep in mind why <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar, could have never done this. Nebuchadnezzar could have killed them all. Why did he have to take them? He didn't have to. Why could Nebuchadnezzar even consider it? Because God was in it. That's why. God, who? The Jews would have to say, Nebuchadnezzar took us. And they'd have to say, correct that. God had us taken by Nebuchadnezzar. God had us. Nebuchadnezzar didn't do it. God sent us. So there's no question about that. That's awesome. God, hang on, God's in that, in that, going to Babylon. And, verse 5, and then God, what are you going to tell them? Verse 6, 
Build ye houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Uh, the take ye wives and beget sons and daughters, and take ye uh, take ye wives and beget sons and daughters, and give your daughters to husbands that they may uh, bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Remember now they're there, and in the process. Uh, you aren't going to, remember, Israel is to multiply like in Egypt under Pharaoh, and they multiplied into two and a half million people or so. Now, here we are looking, and God, in the Babylon captivity, uh, they're there for 70 years, and God wants them to keep growing and growing, even like they did in Egypt. In Goshen, they kept growing and multiplying. And that's what they're to be doing. Now, and, 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 if I can, verse 7, build ye houses, verse 5, excuse me, build ye houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat the fruit of them, uh, take ye wives, etc., uh, and verse 5, verse 6, and uh, take them, and so that, uh, I'll read verse 6 again, take ye wives and beget sons and daughters, take ye wives for, uh, for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that they may be increased there and not diminished. And, and, and then the statement, and seek the peace of the city where you're going. That's Babylon, where they're in. I have caused, I have caused you, God did it, caused you to be carried away captives. And, now, God, you sent us there to Babylon, that's right. And I want you to go in Babylon, I want you to pray unto me. I want you to pray unto me for this city. I want you to pray. What do you want us to pray, God, to this city? I want you to go, so otherwise they're going to wipe you out, like Pharaoh tried to do. And, and they're going to get dissatisfied with you. No. I want you to pray to me, said God, for the city, in the peace or welfare thereof shall be your peace or welfare. Now you pray, you pray that Nebuchadnezzar and his son and his grand, you pray that those guys are going to be reasonable to you, and you pray for them that they're going to be happy, happy campers, and they are not going to go and want to get you or take you out as a, scape, as, straw, as a straw man or something to take you out and for, because of their problems. So you pray for their welfare. And when you pray for your welfare, for them, you're going to have yours because then you're going to be able to what? You're going to be able to plant your garden and harvest your crop of tomatoes. You're going to be able to do it. Because you're praying for them to leave you alone. And that's what they did. Now, God said that. And you know that from Titus, T Timothy. First Timothy chapter 2, 1 and 2 and that. Pray for the kings and rulers and all what? That we may be, live. For us believers, what are we doing? Praying for peace and godly. God, what are we praying for? To be able to do this. There are many parts of the world you can't be meeting like this. You can't do it. And we thank God. So we pray, God, and God has to keep us. And the day's coming, you can't do this. But we're still doing it now. And God with God, so you pray. And God has kept the country special of all the countries of the world up to this point. Now, so we're praying. So God, 
it's and, and the Jews, well, the Jews are anti anti Semitism everywhere. And what are the Jews to pray? The Jews are to pray, uh, pray, but they've got to give him peace, and, it's, and that's what they should do. And they do do that. Uh, some of them in different places, they pray for, uh, that God would give them peace to function in their Judaism, etc. Now, having said that little bit, keeping that in mind, uh, that's now. Now, verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners, people with saying they know the future, that be in the midst of you, deceive you, don't let them deceive you, neither hearken to their to to your dreams. Now remember the you know that from all the stuff in New England from years ago, uh, all that interpreting dreams when we had all those things a long time ago. A big thing it was. Now, and so you tell them a dream and they'll tell you what the interpretation is and and what they're saying. You dream about it. You dream about everything coming true and, and, you're, and you're doing and dreaming because and, you're picking up all... What, what do we dream about? You dream about what you pick up. Whatever you're listening to, whatever you're following, whatever you're doing, that's what you dream about. You can't dream about something that isn't it has to be something in some form. How could you dream about being a bird if you didn't know any birds, right? That's a bird dream if you had one. We have them. Now, so having said that and keeping that in mind, they, they are going to do that. Now, picking up if I can, in the light of that, Jeremiah is going to go warn and encourage them in every way uh, to pay attention and uh, look to God, and God's going to go and do what? Hang on. God's going to go and take care of them. And that's what he did. You don't have any problems. There may be, but we never have no record of it, uh, that they lived 70 years in Jerusalem, and uh, God multiplied them and kept them. And, and ultimately, when Cyrus comes along, he's going to give them special favor. Nebuchadnezzar gave him favor, and Cyrus is going to give him the right to come back to build and build the temple in Jerusalem. All of that, God is going to do that. Now, you have to keep in mind that the Jews got very comfortable. And they were not. They were not. Remember, the Jews are not caught, but trying to be back. The Jews were looking. And the Jews aren't, want to get back to Jerusalem. But... Going back to Jerusalem, at that point, how did we leave Jerusalem? We left Jerusalem. Where was God when we left Jerusalem? You couldn't find him. So the Judaism and the Jews and the priests and the prophets, when you really think about it, they're no different than the Babylon. In Babylon, where we are with the idols and their priests, they bray and they do and, and there's no reality to it, and there's no reality in Jerusalem. So why do we want to go back to anything? Why do we want to go back in the days of uh, uh, Zerubbabel and that, to go back and build the temple, when, uh, temple? Why do we want to go back? You don't want to go back. We got a garden, got a good job. 
Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a great pension, pension uh, pen, pen, yeah, he does one of them, and he has that, and he doesn't charge 10 cents a bag. I got to tell you. So it's a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. And only a handful go back. Remember? 70,000 or whatever. Only a handful go back. They're comfortable. Comfortable. Now, having said that, then we come in verse 9, remember, and uh, for they prophesy falsely unto you in, in my name, and I have not sent them unto, said the Lord. I didn't do that. They're here. And I did not send them in any way, shape, or form. Now, God, what do we need to know? Over, if you would please, in the light of God's doing it, over to Deuteronomy, chapter 4, in the commission for Israel. What's Israel's assignment? To go to the nations to be a nation among the nations. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, you recall God giving all the wonderful instructions that they were to have and be to all the nations of the world. Very, very wonderful testimony to the world. But that wasn't going to happen. But God knew that. So, A, just think of this. I'm going to give you the assignment for next week, make-believe, I'm going to give you the assignment to do next week. And then I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be able to do it. (laughs) You're going to go and be a great nation, but, verse 26, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day, uh, that you shall soon utterly perish from off the earth, off the land, whereunto you go over, But Jordan, to possess it, you shall not prolong your days upon it, but you shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among all the nations, and and ye shall be left, few in number, among the nations, whether the Lord shall lead you. And there you shall serve gods, the gods of men's hands, of wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, or smell. But if from hence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, Thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart, with all thy soul. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. Verse 31, the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, nor destroy thee, nor forget the covenant, thy covenant, the covenant, of the fathers which he swear unto them. Now God, you haven't even started. And God said, listen, you guys aren't going to last very long. They didn't, comparatively, and they didn't. They didn't come out long, and Babylon's taking them out of business. Times of the Gentiles. Now, go over, if you would, that, that. They should have understood that. We just read in in a Jeremiah 29, God said, listen, I want you to know the reason anything is happening and why it's happening, because I'm letting it happen, and I'm behind it. So, it for good. I have my reasons, and, and et cetera, et cetera, 70 years for this, every year for, for the Sabbath year, they never kept 
so they had to have 70 years to make up for it. Now, over, if you would please, over to Nehemiah. When they go back to the land, and in Nehemiah, chapter 1, Now, the people that go back in the days of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah and Zerubbabel and all of that, the people that go back, what do you know? Well, in verse 8, Nehemiah 1.8, what did you know, Nehemiah? Here you are, looking to go and be of help to Ezra. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 8, Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you you cast out into the uttermost part of, of the heaven, yet no matter where you are in forever, yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them into, this, into the place that I have chosen to set my name there, which is Jerusalem. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, back over to Jeremiah and uh, chapter 29. And in chapter 29, if I can, uh, in God... Now, remember now that God, Jeremiah is warning them uh, to be warning them and encouraging, warning them, don't you listen to all that stuff people are saying. Pay attention to what God has been saying. Believe him. And uh, don't listen to the false everything, all kinds of stuff and talk that isn't true. And all you got to do is dream and worry about it. Now, so therefore... Therefore, therefore, God, what are you going to do? Well, God is going to do something wonderful, and God reminds them. Now, over, if you would, please, to chapter 27 again. And you'll remember what God had said to the first group of false prophets that said, now and shortly, everything's going to work out wonderful. So we come to chapter 27, and in the last statement, verse 22... God said, they, they shall, what are you going to say, God? They shall be carried, carried to Babylon, and there they shall be until. Now, God said, I'm going to let all of that stuff be taken from the tabernacle, and it's going to disappear. The ark and the lampstand and that, no one knows. God took care of that himself. We just don't know. When you went in, what God, you can do it, and, and so you can't. Well, I'm going to touch them, but everything else. And I'll, let me pick up in verse verse 22. And there, she, there they shall be until the day I visit them, saith the Lord. Then will I bring them up and restore them to this place. I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring them back, and I'll tell you when I'm going to bring them back after 70 years. That's what we already said. Remember, we said that all, chapter 25, chapter 27, all the way through. I already told you, 70 years, you're going to be in captivity, and then you can get out. Then you're going to be released. But it's 70 years, not 69 years and not 80, 85 years. 
70 years, and you're going to go. That was a, and Daniel, remember Daniel, when you read Daniel 9, Daniel read that in, in Jeremiah, and all he did is count in his fingers or whatever. He counted, what did he do? He said, hey, 70 years are coming up. And, and he did, and that's when God gave him the prophecy, uh, the statements in Daniel chapter 9. Now, so he read. That's what we're reading. And Jeremiah wrote it to read, for us to read, as it were, by way of God's grace. Now, verse 10. For God, what are you going to do? For, remember, he just said, I'm going to bring him back in chapter 27. I'm going to bring him back in 22 in my time. Verse 10 of chapter 29. 29.10. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon... I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Now, after 70 years, now don't tell me I have to do it uh, at 69. Don't tell me it's this, the time. I know the time. Think of the wonderful statement that you have in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 and that. God, we're going to look to you and you're going to give us mercy. We're looking for your mercy. And we'll come boldly to the throne of grace. And we're looking, God, for your mercy and your grace. And then you make a statement. And God always is on time in whatever he's doing. He's never late. He's never two minutes early. He's never two minutes late. He's always on time. God said, according to my time at the right time time, my time. Now, having said that, God's going to bring him back at the end of 70 years. Now, having said that, and you'll notice it says, return to this place. So here we are looking, God's made a wonderful promise, and God keeps his promises. Uh, The people don't believe that, didn't believe that, they should have, but God keeps his promises, and God has a wonderful plan and purpose, uh, and his will to be outworked in the lives of the people. And therefore, therefore we come, uh, and I want to pick up the little phrase in the little bit we have left, to pick up at least that much of all these different things. Verse 10, I'll read the middle of the verse, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. You're going to come back to Jerusalem that I'm going to ruin by Nebuchadnezzar in about five years. You're going to come back to it in 70 years, as it were. And you're going to come back, and you're going to do it. You're going to have back and start all over again if you want to. Now, so they're coming back to this place. So all they needed to do was have some repentance way back earlier. I don't have time to do that. Back earlier, if they had repentance, uh, God would have kept them in the, literally, same phrase, in that place. If they had honored God's word, God would keep them in the house, in the garden, everything. Chapter 7, etc. But they don't want to. They don't want to repent. They don't want to listen to God. And so the reality, the reality is it's going to come and become what? Like we do here in in Jeremiah. I'm going to have you have to go, I'm going to let you be taken captive. I'm going to let you go out by Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. And you're going to be able to come back, come back to this place. Now, that's the opposite. They, they could have stayed. They didn't have any uh, interest in repentance. 
They refused to return, period. They refused to fix anything, to return to God, as it says. Now, they did not, would not return to God. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, there's no place. So here's the place that they're looking at in this place. And they're going to, God, you're going to do it in this place, right? Now, God, it's your place. What is your place, God? Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place. That's my city. That's my location. And all the way, all the way into what? All the way into the kingdom. And after the kingdom, I'm going to have a new Jerusalem, etc. But that's my place. I've chosen that city. That's mine. It's not going to go away. And that's where I'm going to go. But you level the city, and you're going to level it again in Titus in 70 A.D. Oh, I am. But I want you to know that's my city. And I want you to know that. And I sent them all out, and I scattered them to Babylon and all over the world now after Titus and that, and all over the place. And I want you to know, but I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back to where? To this place. Which place? Jerusalem. But they don't believe that. And God, you've made it very clear. Over, if you would please, you were there quickly, Isaiah 65. You were there on Sunday, I think. Isaiah chapter 65. God, of all the wonderful statements to pay attention to, uh, in chapter 65, verse 17, Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. 65, 17. A new heaven and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. It's all gone, all gone from your memory. Verse 18. But, it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But, ye shall be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. And behold, I create Jerusalem. What are you going to do with it? It's a rejoicing and her, and her people a joy. It's what I'm going to do. Hang on to that. Jeremiah says, you, you needed to fix it. You don't fix it. God's going to send you into captivity, and that's where you're going to stay. Are you going to get Jerusalem back like God wants it? No, no, no. Even with Ezra and Nehemiah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work out very long, very much at all. So now, verse 19 of that, And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. God, we shared that on Sunday. God, it's, it's a, God leaps for joy. If you, words. God jumps to move around. God, he can't, but that's using it for our language to help us understand. It's a delight to God, Jerusalem is. Israel is to be a delight to God. They don't want to be a delight. And there they are, over there now and around the world, scattered. Wow. There they are. Now, God, Jeremiah is all gone, as we, as we know that. And who's listening? Well, the Gentiles aren't listening. The Gentiles believe that Jerusalem is a joy to God. No. Do the Jews believe? No. 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 Does the church? Uh, Sometime, some places. Uh, Who believes? Jeremiah did. 
and, 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 and he couldn't stop it. Now, God, here we are, you're, you're, we're, we're your witnesses in the world, and, and we're here. And, uh, and uh, everything has all been set in, in, out there in the world system, and here we are as your witnesses to bear record of your life, to bear record of your grace, and that, God, you have allowed all of this to happen, all of this to happen, as it's outworking itself, headed to the tribulation. And in the process, you already told them when they disbelieve, it's going to bring judgment to them. When judgment goes to Israel, it goes to the world, the world. And when it goes to Israel, it goes to the world. And in the process, When is the world going to be blessed from a worldly standpoint? The world isn't going to be blessed until Israel receives the Prince of Peace as their Messiah. And the world isn't going to be blessed. The world was set in motion, times of the Gentiles. And God said, it's not going to change. The message, no one wanted to hear it. Well, Lord... You gave that message. You said that. You're the one that put them in Babylon. And God, you're the one that saved us. And here we are, your witnesses, God. And you allowed all of this to happen in a most awesome way. That's what you did, God. Now, over, if you would please, to uh, pick up a little, not much, over to 2 Timothy. I hope you got a little bit. Just think of it. If you, Jeremiah is gone. But you're here. Now, among all the different windows to look at to see why you're here, here's one of them. Second Timothy. Because you want to know, why am I still breathing? I didn't ask your job. I didn't ask your health. I didn't ask anything. Neither did God. He asked you to just look to God in the light of whatever circumstance or things you're in the middle of. Trust him. Now, uh, second, uh, first, first, uh, second Timothy. Second Timothy, if I can. Picking up, please, in verse 3. Know this, that in the last days, perilous, perilous, dangerous, difficult, deadly days shall come. De- times shall come. Sliding over to verse 5. The whole context, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. The priests, the prophets, what were they doing in Jeremiah's day? Well, we're priests, and they said it. God will say, if you read the text, what do you say? And the prophets said it in his name. The prophets lied in his name. The prophets gave words that were from God that weren't from God. That's what they did. Now, God, we have a form of godliness, but it isn't God. Hang on to that. Verse 13. Same movement of subject matter. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's the world you live in. Is anyone interested that God is actually going to, here's the whole world, and God, the whole world, is going to end up, what? Honoring God as he establishes Jerusalem in his, the millennium kingdom, to be for the, all the nations of the world uh, by way of the Jewish nation as a testimony. Now, 
So, uh, it's going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Sliding down to verse 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts will they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. They dream about things, they want things, they wish things, they philosophize about things, they do all kinds of things. Now, that's where we are. that's the world we live in. Now, what are we doing? We, we can't, are we going to give a, a false message like that? That's a false message. Everything's going to come out all right. Globalism, let it all come out, you know, work out. And it isn't going to work out. It's, it's going to be bad. The tribulation isn't good. It serves good, but it isn't good. The tribulation isn't good. The kingdom. Now, God, uh, no one wants to hear. So, God, what are we going to do? Well, you're going to be a little witness for me. And you're going to go... And, and because I gave that, I gave Jeremiah the words, I'm the one that's going to go and establish Jerusalem. Uh, I'm going to bring them back in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, etc. I'm going to go in the kingdom. I'm going to go with the anti, all of these tribulation. I'm going to do all this. So God, here we are looking. Now God, here we are. Now where did I hear all that? I read it in your word. And how far do I have to go to find you? I don't. I read it, and there it is. And here you are. I am a carrier, a vessel. And so are you if you're saved. God's honoring his word and going to honor his word. And you are a witness. You are a witness that God is going to make Jerusalem his place. And the Jews are going to be saved in one 24-hour day in the end of the tribulation. But, but, in the process, we're his witnesses. Are we changing the nation? Are we fixing countries? No. No, we're not. In fact, it's going, we're, we're, it looks like we aren't even functioning in a global condition because Laodicea, our condition, chapter 3, verse 15, 16, 17, and we're hot and we're warm, we're just, we're just there. God, where are you? Uh, God, where are you? That's what it says. God said, listen, I'm outside. I have to knock to come in. Anyone want me in here? You say, anyone want me to come in? You got me outside. Wow. Now, God, here we are. Now, in closing, I, I just need to get that part. You need to understand you aren't in a picnic. You aren't here to have everything come out nice. Everything isn't going to come out nice. It isn't. You're getting older, aren't you? All of you know what it is to be let's say small, small, larger, and larger. And you age and get older, don't you? And you, you live in that. And God, God, why don't you change that? Because oh, that's what I want. I don't want you to have this body, a sinful body. By that I mean your old nature's there. I don't want your old nature. What am I going to do, have an argument in heaven about what I'm doing? Come on, we aren't going to do that. We're all going to be in harmony. Wow. 
Now God, so therefore, in closing, over to 2 Corinthians 4. God, here we are looking, and we're just going to be a little witness in this place. That's the little word I want. In this place. (laughs) In Jerusalem. That's what's going to be. Now, I don't have in this Jerusalem. We have the Christ of Jerusalem in our heart. And so here we are, God, in this place. In this place. In this place. That's what place. That's it. I wish I don't have time to do all that. But 2 Corinthians 4. You know it. Verse 16. For which cause we faint not, although our outward man, a body, flesh, blood, bones, brains, is perishing. Yet the inward man, our relationship to you, God, is renewed day by day. By the way, we live in a world, verse 17, and our light affliction, it's light, light, it could be much worse. And you think of, you know, the little saying that's easy to remember. I met a, I, I complained because I had no shoes, and I met a man who had no feet. And I forgot complaining. I forgot my complaint. I had to readjust. I felt bad, and why do I have this? And I go to the hospital and see people in terrible straits. And I say, boy, boy, thank you, God, it isn't that bad. Now, therefore, therefore, for our light affliction, but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, our body are in the mirror of the world we look at, we hear in the news, we see it, we can smell it, we can taste it, we live in it. But, but at the thing, at the at the things we're looking at things which are seen, but at, we're not looking at them. But at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary or temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God, God, we're representing you in a world of flesh and blood. And that's what it is. So God, and God, what are we waiting for? God, we're looking for what? We're looking, and I say, oh, the Lord's coming, that's right. But do it another way. Do it another way. We're here, and Jeremiah goes through and bears it, and Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to have to finish Nebuchadnezzar leveling the city. But, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, and in verse 6, therefore, We are always confident about what? Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, and uh, we are what? Absent from the Lord. And we walk by faith, not by sight. You're not looking in the mirror. You go by things. The things you can't see are the real things, actually. The real world, this world right here we live in, we can see it because of light and all of that. We can see it. The real world is the visible world out here. We're in the middle of it. We don't see it. We don't smell it. We don't taste it. It's just there. That's the real world. So now, here we are, God, and we come, walk by faith and by sight. For we are confident, again, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we, we abound, we abound, uh, and, and uh, we are, wherefore we are about uh, that, whether present 
or absent, we may be accepted, highly favored, wonderfully pleasing of him to him, belonging to him, God. You'll want your joy. Joy, Jerusalem is a joy. The Jews believing are a joy. And Christ in you is a joy to God. And it ought to be a joy to you that God has done all of that. Wow. Now, God, we're just little Jeremiah's. We're homeschool, play, that's all we are. And we're just there. And we aren't giving a false, we aren't unifying with the message of the unbelief and darkness. No, we walk as children of light, and we know that you're coming. We know that we, you're my Savior. You're our Savior and Lord. And that's a wonderful thing. And therefore, gone. So, uh, Jeremiah's gone, but it's our turn. And we don't do a lot. No, we don't do a lot. All we do is be saved. All we do is enjoy being saved. It is a pleasure to be saved. Thank God we can be saved. What do you think? We'll pray. Our Father and God, we look to you. God, we didn't even mention the prayer request and all these things. But God, you know. You know more than we'll ever know. You know how to do and work out anything we don't even know about. You know how it would affect and influence our lives. And you already know that. And we haven't even found it out yet. But God, as we look to you, you're going to have it all work so that we're going to be more thankful and thoughtful. We're going to be a little more with it about the realities of life. And God, we're going to have the benefit and the blessing of your wonderful person. And God, there's no replacing it. God, we don't do a lot. We just, a little nothing's God. But boy, in this, these vessels of clay, you're something else. So deal with us so that we can do the little bits we do as best we can as unto you. And our God, we're going to thank you in this place, even in our own heart. And our God, we're going to thank you very much. In Christ's name, amen.